So this morning we're in our final week of our series, Marked, Called by the Savior. And, and through this series, we've looked at Jesus' command, follow me. We've looked at that call, follow me. And we've looked at how he called five different disciples and three would-be disciples. Um, three disciples who weren't willing to give up their own personal or whatever their, whatever it was they had in their life, whatever distraction it was, they were unable to give that up to follow Jesus. And sometimes we get caught that same way. We don't want to give stuff up to follow Jesus. And I think that we've seen that we need to count the cost. There is a cost when we follow Jesus, and, and being a follower of Jesus isn't always about what we want to do. Things don't always go as the way we plan it when we follow Jesus, because he may call us to some place that we may really not want to go. But as followers, we should be obedient to what he calls us to do. We've also seen how Jesus didn't discriminate. He offers the gospel to all people, which is exactly what we should do. We should offer the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody and be able to tell people about who Jesus is. No matter what someone looks like, no matter what their circumstances are, we are not to discriminate and show the love of Christ to everybody that we come in contact with. And we looked at ways we get distracted. Man, we can get distracted. There's so many distractions in life right now that we can easily just squirrel and go the other direction. <laughs> I'm guilty of it. I think a lot of us are guilty of it. The difference is a lot of us are guilty of it, but we won't admit that we're distracted. We won't admit that we're veering off course, but we need to continue to do what Jesus calls us to do. And of course, today is Palm Sunday. And many churches will celebrate by giving out palm fronds to, palm fronds to those coming in. And as they celebrate the glorious entry into Jerusalem by Jesus Christ. His entrance into Jerusalem. And he comes in, he's got this great entrance. He's coming in, he's on the donkey. They're throwing the palm trees and closing in front of him as he's coming in, making his entrance for them all to be saying, Hosanna, uh, be praising him, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest praising him as he came into Jerusalem, praising him for who he is, the king, the, the, the Lord, the savior of the world. And you know what I find interesting? As he was going into Jerusalem, being praised, Hosanna in the highest, he knew what he was going in there for. He knew he was going in there and that he would be spit on, that he would be mocked, that he would be tortured and beat before the end of the week. He knew that when he was going in there. And as much as they praised him going into Jerusalem, he would leave Jerusalem with them yelling, crucify him. But what we see during this week of Easter week is Jesus' obedience to what the Father called him to do knowing where he was going, that he was going to the cross, and he's even talked to his disciples about to follow me, you have to pick up your cross daily and follow. He knew right where he was going, and he still did it. 
How many of us see if we know we're going to be crucified, we're going to be spit on and mocked, are going to go and do what Jesus calls us to do? Most of us probably wouldn't. Well, that's kind of out of my comfort zone. I can't do that. But to be a follower of Jesus, we should do what Jesus did. And if Jesus was obedient to the Father unto death, then shouldn't we be obedient? Shouldn't we do what he calls us to do? He was praised going into Jerusalem, knowing that at the end of the week, he would be leaving Jerusalem with them yelling, crucify me. Crucify him. Crucify him. And he still did it. And we won't even go across the street to help somebody. It's interesting. So we see that Jesus did what the Father called. Jesus was obedient. And of course, the question I have, are we being obedient? Are we being obedient that the call of the Savior has on our life? Or are we just being obedient to ourselves and our own personal interests? Something to think about. And of course, with that being said, the question would be, are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he calls you to go and to do whatever he calls you to do? That's a hard question. It's a hard thing to think about. And you know, so, so to, you know, and this week we're actually going to look at a man. And when, most of the time that this story gets read, I think people miss the real story. Most people miss the real story inside this scripture. And hopefully that we'll see today that the calling to Jesus, although it can be an exciting journey, sometimes there's no thrilling adventures with it. There's no thrilling adventures with it. And most of the time Jesus calls us, he calls us into our ordinary life. He calls us into ordinary situations for us to be obedient to him. And what we're going to see today is there's a man who Jesus radically changed his life. Radically changes this man's life. He wants to follow Jesus, and Jesus tells him no. Jesus tells him no. Now, instead of getting upset, mad, and, you know, oh, I can't believe he ain't going to let me follow him and do what I want to do, he listens to what Jesus tells him, and he's obedient to what Jesus tells him to go and do when Jesus says, no, you can't come follow me. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 18 through 20. It's going to be the main text, although I will be reading most of the whole story. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. And the words will also be up on the screen. So at the, end of, at the end of this, and after we read it, I'll go back and kind of give the front story of this. But Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Disopolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Heavenly Father, as we take time in your word this morning, Lord, may you open up our hearts that we may receive what it is that you have us to receive. May you open our ears that we may hear your voice. 
And Lord, may your name be glorified through it all. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. So in Mark 5, and most of you know the beginning of this story, Jesus and his disciples are going across the Sea of Galilee, and they're going to an area called the Gerasene. Now, the Gerasene was basically it was a Hellenistic society, or what we would call a um, Gentile society. So it was the Gentiles who were there. And as soon as Jesus gets off the boat, a demon-possessed man greets him. The man greets him and understands that this person lived isolated among the tombs. He was in the tombs, he was in bondage, and he's been in torment for years. And he met Jesus at the boat, and, and this guy has such incredible strength. It talks about how they would try and bind him and chain him, and he would break all the chains. He would break any shackles that they put on him. He just wasn't going to be held, held in tight. And, and throughout the day, he walked about the tombs. He walked about the tombs, he walked about the mountainside, and he was just crying out and cutting himself with sharp stones in anguish all the time. He was always in anguish. And then in Mark chapter 5, verses 7 through 12, it actually says this. When the man saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. But he said to them, Come out of that man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered him saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. And now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. So, of course, we know the story. Jesus then tells the spirits, the evil spirits to depart. They go into the pigs. They go into the swine. They get all riled up, and what do they do? They run off, and they jump off a cliff, and they drown. Okay? <laughs> what I want you to understand here is, what's the name of the demon? Legion. In Roman times, a legion of Roman soldiers was 6,000 men. So we can presume that this man was possessed by 6,000 demons. I have a hard time listening to myself. Can you imagine 6,000 voices in your head? That'd be kind of crazy. I now know why he was in torment. I have a hard time listening to myself. 6,000 demons inside of him. And afterwards, after all this is done, it's interesting what Mark says. It says, after all this, he says the man was clothed and in his right mind. So he was now clothed, he was in his right mind, and Jesus goes to depart. And the man begs him, let me go with you. Let me go with you. Jesus, you have changed my life. I'm no longer possessed by all these demons. Let me go with you. Let me go. That is a radical conversion from who somebody was to who they are after meeting Jesus. And what's Jesus telling? No. You can't come with me. You can't come with me. Jesus gives him very specific directions, very specific instructions. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Tell them. 
Go and tell. Tell him I had mercy on you. Do we ever do that? When's the last time you actually went and told somebody what Jesus has done for you and how much mercy he has had on you in your life? We'll get back to that one. Mark then concludes the story in verse 20 by informing us that the man obeyed Jesus. He obeyed Jesus, and he went away, and he began to proclaim in Decephalus how much Jesus had done for him. Now, understand, Decephalus is not a single town. Decephalus is actually 10 cities. It's short for 10 cities, and, you know, Damascus nowadays is one of the cities. You can actually look it up in the you know, some of the cities are still there today, some are not. So this guy went back to 10 cities, not just one town, not just his house, 10 cities. And, and remember, it's not just a town, it was 10 cities he went to. And this newly delivered man wanted to follow Jesus by sticking close to him, but Jesus wanted him to follow him by returning home, by returning home and witnessing there, being a disciple where he was each and every day. And you see, sometimes we want Jesus to take us to these exciting places. We want them exciting adventures. Of, you know, Jesus, take me to, you know, this place. Lord, they're hurt and they, they need people in, right now in Africa. Send me to Africa, Lord. I don't know why Jesus won't send me to Africa. Well, you know, Jesus, let, let me go here and, and let me preach to the indigenous people. Well, Jesus, I want to go. Why can't I go? Well, Jesus, you want me to just stay home? You want me to just stay in my house and in my neighborhood? But I know all these people. Guess what? They know you. And if Jesus radically changed your life, they're going to see a difference in you. And they're going to want to know and they're going to listen to what Jesus has done in your life. The problem is some people in our own house don't know what Jesus has done in our life because we show no fruit of the Spirit. We show no fruit of what Jesus has done in our life. Jesus tells him to stay. He tells him to stay, and Jesus calls him to be his disciple in a normal, everyday purpose. And understand, God's purpose is, <clears throat> is always that we will represent him wherever we are. Wherever we are, we should represent Jesus Christ. Whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we're in our own house, our neighborhood, any type of community, organization, wherever we are, we should represent Jesus each and every day, wherever we're at. And of course, that does raise a question. How do we live as a witness? How do we live as a witness and, and how do we be like Jesus? And I think there's three different ways. You know, being Baptist, I've got to have three points. First one, I think God wants us to be faithful, faithful and obedient followers of Jesus wherever and whatever he calls us to do. Wherever and whatever he calls us to do. Remember, Jesus told him, go home to your friends. Go home to your friends and understand wherever Jesus sends us, we're to do everything for the glory of God. We're to do everything for the glory of God, no matter where he sends us, whether it's in our house, in our work, inside school, whatever it is, we should glorify God in everything we do. And people should see that in us. And you know, it's interesting, Paul in Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do 
in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And you see, in the usual course of life of, of you know, whether we're getting ready for work in the morning or we're getting ready to go to school or we're getting ready to go to eat a meal with someone, whatever it is, we need to be seeking to glorify God. We need to be seeking to glorify God with our words and our actions each and every day. And rather than letting this man go with him on the ship, Jesus told him to stay. Jesus said, no, stay right where I need you where you're at. Remember, this was a Gentile nation. It was not Jews. It was Gentiles. And the question I have is, are we being obedient wherever or whatever situation we're in? Are we being obedient and glorifying God? Are we telling people about our Jesus? Are we being Jesus with skin on each and every day? I think the second thing is that we testify to others about what God has done in our lives. We testify about the change. Now, some people are going to see the change. Some people are going to have to tell about the change. And, and to kind of clarify that, think about this guy. He was demon-possessed. He was cutting himself. He was running around naked. He was doing all these different things. So now for him being clean and of a right mind, people see that change. People are able to physically, hey, wait, aren't you the dude who was out here running the mountains and the tombs? So they're able to see it. If you're a future, al uh, future if you're a past alcoholic, hope no one's a future alcoholic. <laughs> if you're a former alcoholic or a former drug user and you meet Jesus and you stop doing it, people are going to see you're not that same person. People are going to see, hey, you know, hey, didn't you used to always be at the bar? Weren't you always behind with the needle stuck in your arm? What happened? And then we're able to testify and we're able to glorify God. Look what he's done in my life. And that's exactly what this guy's doing. Now, some of us is a little different. Maybe we accepted Jesus as our savior as a little kid or in middle school. And we've been going through life and just doing life. So it's not a radical change that people see. And in that case, and I always ask myself the same thing, are people seeing Jesus in me? Because no one here in this room knows the old me. No one here knows me from when I was in middle school or high school, or in the military, or any of that time. None of you know me. They don't know my, you don't know my story. So my hope is you don't know my story, you don't know where I've been, but that you would at least see Christ in me in everything that I do. And say, hey, you know what? I, he's different. What is different about him? And then I can introduce and tell people about my Jesus. So there is different ways in which you can do it and that people are going to see it. Tell how much the Lord has done for you. When is the last time you told someone how much the Lord has done for you? Was it this week? Maybe this month? I hope it's at least been sometime in the last year you told everyone, you've told someone what the Lord's done for you in your life. And if not, you got to think about it. Why? Why are you not being obedient to what God calls you to do? Go and tell. That's what we're called to do. We're going, to, we should scream it from the mountain what God has done for us. And some of us don't even tell our next door neighbors. God has done an incredible work in all of our lives. 
He has done an incredible work. And as we live relationally with others, we need to share our stories with them. We need to share our stories and then tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus and what he's done in our life. This man had to go home to his wife. He had to go home to his children, neighbors, relatives, friends, and tell them all the great things that the Lord had done. He's got a great testimony. I probably would have listened. Wow, that's a heck of, hey, can you come up here in church and tell us about your testimony? Well, I was possessed by 6,000 demons, and I met Jesus. That'd be a great testimony, wouldn't it? I bet we could pack the house. Some people go and come up, well, I accepted Jesus when I was 15 years old, and I've been living for him for the rest of my life. I've got nothing to tell for it. Which story are you going to listen to? It's all about how you present it. You know what? I accepted Jesus Christ when I was 18 years old, but let me tell you what he's done. This is who I was. These are things I did in my life. This is a time I walked away from Jesus and I didn't. I said, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. And he showed up in my life and did this. Each one of us have that. Each one of us have a time in our life when we said, why God? And he showed up and did something in your life. And that's what we got to tell other people. We need to be able to tell them about this. And you think about this, as Jesus went through here, this man's testimony spoke volumes. What is interesting is they told Jesus to leave. They told Jesus to leave this town after he uh, healed this possessed man. And in Mark 5, 16 and 17, it says, And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Jesus healed a man, and people were upset because they lost their pigs. Maybe there was going to be a bacon shortage. I don't know. They were upset, and they told Jesus to go. No, get out of here. But you know what is interesting later in the Bible you actually read? That this man who had 6,000 demons inside him, they left him, went into the herd of pigs, went to the Sea of Galilee. This man then preached what he had done for him. He testified what the Lord had done. And later you find out that there were crowds, crowds from Decapolis that followed Jesus. The next time Jesus came to that region, they met him at the shore looking for him because of one guy. One person was obedient to what Jesus called him to do, went into 10 cities, and when Jesus came back, they were waiting on him to show up. Are people in your house waiting for Jesus to show up? Are you telling enough people to G for Jesus that they start looking for Jesus? Man, Jesus did some wild things here. I need to meet this Jesus. We should have people lined up wanting to meet Jesus because of what he's done in our lives. We should. Unfortunately, we don't. You see, the, the crowd of followers was a testimony to the effectiveness of this man's witness. This man's witness was so strong that these people who kicked Jesus out were looking for him when he returned. That's a testimony, and each one of us should have that. And I think the third thing that we are left with, uh, we should have fruit that's transformed our lives 
as we're being a blessing to others. Jesus wanted other people who knew this man to see how God had showed up, to see how God had showed up and had mercy on him in his life. His family, his friends, the people in the city knew he'd been tormented, knew he'd been in bondage. But now they got to see that new chapter in his life. They got to see a new chapter in his life and how close Jesus' area of the ministry was. And what's interesting, there was actually people who did not like the fact that Jesus went to Decephalus. In Matthew 4.16, it tells us, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. We're supposed to be that light. We should be that light in the darkness. Are we? Can you truly say that you were light into the darkness? Or are you just going through life? Going through life with what makes you happy instead of being obedient to the call of Jesus on your life. Jesus went to the people in Decephalus. He pierced through their darkness, their sinful lifestyle, to be a light. And then he used a, he used a demon-possessed man to do that. Used one person to do it. That's all it takes is one. One person can change a culture. One person can change a household. One person can take whatever has happened in the past and make it end. See, most of the time we carry that backpack of our family issues. We carry that backpack of the issues that, that we've had in our life, and then what do we do? We pass it on to our own kids. Be that light that takes that backpack and throws it away and says, this ain't being transferred no more. I have been healed by Jesus. I have been transformed. That is the old me. This is the new me, and we're moving forward. And I want to tell everybody about it. We should go and tell everybody what Jesus has done in our life. Period. That's what we're called to do. He took one person and changed 10 cities. How many people can, do we have in here? And how many cities can we change? We can change a whole lot more than the city of Lantana. A lot more than the city of Lantana with who's here. Because not all of us live in Lantana. Actually, most of us probably don't live in Lantana. But we could change a city. We could change a city by being obedient to what God calls us to do. And you know, it's interesting talking about the obedience of what God called us to do. On Monday night, I went to the commissioners, I went to the meeting, the town of Lantana meeting, so that we could meet and make sure that we had representation. Um, and being the pastor, I felt it was my duty to be there. So I rearranged my schedule at work so that I could be there on Monday night. And what is interesting, the, the, how the place was so full that I had to stand outside because they were announcing the new mayor. So I got to meet the new mayor of the town of Lantana. And it's interesting while I was standing outside and, you know, just talking to people, talking to the deputies that were there and other people who were there. And they asked, well, what are you here for? I said, well, I'm here because I'm the pastor of, you know, First Baptist Church of Lantana and we're trying to get the sunrise service. Amen. Exactly. You want to know what was the most discouraging words I heard? Oh, I, we've been waiting on that building to be torn down. We didn't know the church was open. 
we thought y'all sold the property. We thought y'all sold the property and moved, and we've been waiting for the developer to tear it down. People who live in Lantana thought this church was closed. People in Lantana thought we were closed. That's pretty sad, isn't it? So you know what I did? I had a pocket full of invite cards. And I was inviting everybody I knew. Hey, how you doing? I'm Pastor Ken from First Baptist Church Lantana. Hey, we're here. Check our website. Check us out. We're you know, you're going to know tonight if we get sunrise, come check us out at sunrise service. Oh, by the way, hey, we got a Facebook. We got an Instagram. You can even follow us on YouTube. We are not closed. Our doors are open. They thought we were closed. They were waiting on the building to be knocked down. We failed. We failed as a church to do what Jesus called this one guy to do. This one guy went and changed 10 cities, and we're not even changing the city we're in. Not even changing the city we're in. That's pretty sad. That means that we didn't tell our neighbors, and we didn't tell our friends, or we didn't tell our, maybe we told our family, but we didn't tell anyone else, hey, by the way, we didn't sell the property, we're still open. Because Every single person I talked to didn't know we were open. And the place was packed. And guess what? They were all people who lived in the city of Lantana. And I will tell you, they were very, very happy to hear that we were doing the sunrise service because you know the other thing I heard? Oh, you know, I was raised Catholic and, and I know I should go to church on Easter, but I really don't like going into churches. But, you know, that sunrise service is a cool thing. I go, well, come, we'll be there. Come, we'll be there. And that's where we actually meet people. You can meet people where they are who maybe don't want to come inside these four walls, but they'll meet you outside. And see, we're so, let's get them inside. No, we need to go out there and meet them where they're at. We need to be like this demon-possessed man that, oh, okay, God, Jesus, I'm going to stay here. You told me no. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to do what you called me to do, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to transform 10 cities. We need to go and transform one. Now, the other thing I found out is nothing happens in the town of Lantana. That's the other thing I found out. Nothing happens in the town of Lantana. I talked about, hey, you know, we're looking at opening up our clothes closet, opening up and doing different things. Oh, yeah, we need something. They are starving. You want to talk about a harvest? And we're failing because we're in our comfort zone. Well, this is what we do. We need to get outside our comfort zone, just like this demon-possessed man. Don't be upset and go and do what Jesus calls us to do. Be obedient to it. We got an entire city we can change who thought this building was going to be torn down. What a story we got to tell, don't we? Hey, not only are we not turned down, but guess what? We're getting more and more people. We're starting to grow. Come on and grow with us. Come and meet my Jesus. That's a heck of a story to tell somebody, isn't it? But we got to go and tell. We have to go and tell. Psalms 105.2 says, sing to him, sing songs to him, talk of his wondrous, wondrous works. If God's been good to you, you should go tell somebody. You should go tell someone, God's been good to me. 
If God has blessed you in any way, you need to go and tell. You need to go and tell God has blessed me and done this. Has God delivered you? Has God delivered you? Then you need to go tell somebody. Tell someone that God delivered you. Have you been healed? Have you been protected? Have you been strengthened? Has God provided for your needs? Then go and tell somebody. Go and tell. Let somebody know what Jesus has done for you. Instead, we sit with our hands under our butts. Go and tell somebody. Does Jesus love you? Have you told anybody? Do you know Jesus loves them too? Have you told them that? If Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me and he knows who I used to be, then I need to tell somebody else. Easter Sunday weekend, Jesus rising from the grave. That's what we do this for. If it wasn't for Easter that's coming up, would we be in this church service? Nope, wouldn't be here. Jesus rose for us. He rose, he died on that cross to forgive our sins. Rose beat Satan. He's got the power of death in his hands. He's got the power of everything. We need to go tell somebody about that. We need to go tell someone that they can be saved. Go tell someone that Jesus invites them into the kingdom of God. It don't matter who they are. It don't matter what they're currently doing. Jesus will meet you right where you're at and meet them right where they're at. Will we go meet them right where they're at? Or are we going to wait until the, well, we got to wait. That person needs to work a little bit on themselves first. If Jesus ain't going to wait, we don't need to wait. We need to be out there speaking and go and tell somebody. Go and tell someone. You know, the beginning of this sermon series, my prayer was that over 30 days, we'd all have someone we'd be praying for. Someone that we know doesn't know Jesus. Or maybe just someone that they just need to be healed. They need to know Jesus. Maybe someone who's been walking, saying they're a Christ follower, but by what you see them do each day, you kind of question, are they really? This is the time of the year, Easter. I don't normally go to church, pastor, but on Easter, I know I have to. I call them CEOs, Christmas and Easter onlys. And that's fine. People will come to church if they're asked. You know why most people don't come to church? Because they don't get asked. No one ever asked them to come to church. Well, I know my next door neighbors are Christ followers and they go to church every Sunday. And you know, I'm, I know Pastor Ken, he's the pastor at this church, but he's never asked me, so I'm not gonna go. My neighbors are tired of me asking. <laughs> I ask, hey, y'all coming this week? <laughs> I know you go to another church, but hey, come on over to my church. I got people I know go to other churches. I still, hey, you coming to my church this weekend? Invite somebody this week. Invite somebody to just come and see. Go and tell them what Jesus has done in your life and tell them, just come and see. Just come and see there's invite cards on your way out the door. Take the, take the sheet for the weekend. Hey, look, we got three different services. You can make excuses, but you can't make excuses for all three. Hey, you can't come Sunday, come Friday night. 
Hey, you, you got this to do on Sunday? Hey, that's good. We'll meet at 6 o'clock in the morning. Come out then. There's plenty of time. Invite that one. Invite that one person who you have been praying about. And if you haven't been praying about somebody, shame on you. Because each one of us should be praying for someone to come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's not an exclusive club. It's not members only. It's open for everybody. And we need to go and tell people about our Jesus. We need to go and tell. And understand that if he has blessed you, if he has done all of this to us, we need to go and tell. We need to sing it from the mountain and we need to talk about his wondrous works. We should tell someone about the wondrous works he has done in our lives. Go and tell somebody. Because guess what? It's not about you. It's about him. It's about Jesus Christ and what he calls us to do. So hopefully during this week, we'll actually do that. We'll actually be what Jesus has called us to be. We have been called by the Savior to follow him. To follow him wherever he calls us to follow him. Be obedient to his call. Be obedient to do what he calls you to do, not what you want to do yourself. Because we do what we want to do ourselves all the time. But we need to follow what he wants us to do. And when he does that, he's going to stretch our tent. It may get a little uncomfortable. But remember what the end goal is. Glorifying him in everything that we do. And if you don't know Jesus, you're like, Pastor Ken, I don't know Jesus and, and I need to follow him. And it's going to be hard because, you know, Pastor Ken, I've got all these issues. He invites you right where you're at. He'll invite you right where you're at to follow him. Don't worry about being a sinner because we're all sinners. And if anyone says they have no sin, they're a liar, so therefore they're sinning. So everyone's a sinner, even me. I may be your pastor, but I'm a sinner. I fall short each and every day. I get angry. I get upset. I get distracted. The same thing you go through each and every day I go through as a pastor, and probably sometimes even worse because of the spiritual attacks that come upon me and my family for trying to do what God calls us to do. That's okay. I got broad shoulders, and I know who my Savior is. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come on up during this final song. We'll talk about it because God's Word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And let Him radically change your life the same way He did this demon-possessed man. And instead of being called to go as a missionary someplace, He may call you to go into your own house into your own neighborhood, into your own city, and evangelize who he is. We're trying to fill the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what it's all about. It's not about this church. And our job is to evangelize and fill people and get people into heaven. I know people right now that I'm not going to see in heaven because they haven't accepted Jesus Christ. And I continue to talk to them each and every day. 
I continue to plant seeds and have other people water that seed that hopefully one day they will accept Jesus. And there's people that I know have gone that I don't know if I'm going to see in heaven. And it hurts every day. Hurts every day because I don't know. Maybe you just need to come up here and say, Lord, I need to follow you. 